0: Hello, and welcome to the Power Your Advice podcast, brought to you by Advisorpedia. In this series, we interview innovators from across the financial services industry to help you understand who they are, what they do, and why that matters to you and your clients. And now, please join your host, Doug Heikinen.
1: Hello, and welcome to the podcast. Today, we'll be delving into the world of clinical genetic testing and its potential to revolutionize healthcare. Dahlia Tia King, founder and CEO of Panacea, a company working to improve access to this life-changing genetic testing and allow people to take control of their health with disease prevention. This is really great stuff. Welcome, Dahlia.
0: Thank you so much, Doug. I'm actually super excited to be here. It's not often that I get to uh, speak to an audience of savvy uh, investors and, and financial advisors, so I'm excited
1: we're excited to have you. What is Panacea and what is the problem it's solving?
0: Yeah. So let's let's start with the problem because it, it helps kind of paint a, a clearer picture. So there exists this incredible technology called next-gen sequencing. And next-gen sequencing essentially can sequence or read the entire human genome in just a few hours. And the reason why that is so valuable is because once you read an individual's genome, you can kind of identify where their specific hereditary disease risks might lie if if they have them. That's really, really powerful information because if you know exactly where somebody uh, might have a higher risk, then you can sort of use that information to get ahead of this problem. It's kind of like having a crystal ball that kind of shows you what the potential future looks like. And then you can take action today to kind of change the future or you know change the, the trajectory of, of your health. Um, so it's an incredibly valuable tool when it comes to disease prevention. Now, the problem with that is that despite the existence of this marvelous technology and, and what it can enable as far as healthcare goes, more than 80% of people whose lives could be changed or potentially saved with a genetic test are not getting tested. And my team and I, uh, when we were sort of peeling back the problems in this space, we learned that there were lots of barriers that existed that caused this underutilization or inaccess. But the two main culprits were really the lack of insurance coverage for genetic testing. Not very many people have insurance coverage for the specific type of test, and there's reasons for that that we'll, we'll get into later. And then the other major problem is doctors themselves, partly because of this lack of coverage, are not really motivated to order testing for people. They don't want to battle the insurance companies. They don't want to prescribe a test that you know, their patients might have to pay out of pocket for. And in a lot of cases, they lack the awareness on how to utilize genetic testing in the care of their patients, even when it is covered by insurance. So the two biggest decision makers in healthcare, doctors and insurance companies, uh, if they're not really on board with something, nobody's going to get it, right? So that's kind of a summary of why genetic testing really just isn't widely utilized despite the incredible disease prevention uh, power it holds. So what Panacea does is we essentially bypass these barriers. We bypass insurance companies, and we work with specialized trained physicians, genetic counselors, certified genetic counselors, and CLIA and CAP certified genetic laboratories, that's medical grade laboratories. Um, And we bring these stakeholders together into one very simplified, accessible, affordable workflow right on our site. And that essentially enables that access to this valuable testing that sort of just doesn't exist today. We're kind of like the Uber of clinical genetic testing, right? We bring these disparate stakeholders together and we put them into one uh, simple workflow. And, and that's how people can access life saving testing.
1: What's the difference between Panacea and companies like 23andMe?
0: Yeah, that's one of the most common questions I get, actually. And it's a really good question. There's sort of, two leagues of genetic testing. And each league actually uses very different technology and it reveals very different information. So the 23andMe's the, the direct-to-consumer genetic testing that we that we all are kind of familiar with sort of reside in that ancestry lifestyle space of of genetics. It reveals uh, what percent uh, Italian you might be, or if you have the genetic variation that gives you hitchhiker's thumb, like fun, exciting information, but it really doesn't reveal a ton about what your disease risk is, right? It's not life-saving information. There's another league of genetic testing that uses next-gen sequencing, which I, I mentioned uh, just a few moments ago, and that type of testing really delves in deep. It reads and analyzes and sequences your genome, and it does reveal that life-saving information. That type of testing is very uncommon to see in direct-to-consumer. It's, it's actually you know, the type of testing you have to go to your doctor to get, but we are bringing it direct-to-consumer. And so the real true similarity between companies like Panacea and companies like 23andMe is simply that we're both delivering a product direct-to-consumer. But the type of product, the type of genetic testing, and the clinical guidance that is offered through companies like 23andMe that focus on real clinical testing is, is just totally different than, than the, the testing offered through the, the traditional direct-to-consumer companies like uh, 23andMe and, and the likes.
1: Why is clinical genetic testing valuable?
0: Well, yeah. So it's kind of what we mentioned before. Again, it's kind of that crystal ball, right? And that's sort of an exaggeration. It doesn't reveal every little thing, Um, but it does give us really good insight into at least the known areas that that cause disease. And when you know where your risks are elevated, um, you can get ahead of those risks. And a lot of those risks that we understand today do have medically um, available interventions. So if I have an elevated risk for colon cancer, let's say, and I find out through my genetic test that I do in fact have a genetic variation that, that makes me more at risk, I can team up with my doctor and sort of create a healthcare plan that catches this problem early or in some cases completely eliminates my risk for this problem. It's just the ability for it to arm you and prepare you to sort of get ahead of these problems become, before they become unmanageable and, and before they can really cause harm is really why this testing is so, so, so valuable. It's the, one of the best shots that we have at disease prevention.
1: So what happens after somebody purchases a test from you at Panacea? What do they do when they get the results?
0: Knowing what to do with your results and using your results to, to really help you in your healthcare care is probably the, the whole point of doing this, right? When somebody gets their results from Panacea, no matter what the results show, whether they have absolutely no pathogenic mutations that are going to increase their risk, or if they do have mutations that are going to increase their risk, they get a one-hour session with a genetic counselor. That's free. It's already included in the test offering that that we offer to the public and the value of that is there's no expert that's more suited to interpret genetic testing than a genetic counselor not even physicians they will be able to summarize your results explain to you what they mean explain to you what they don't mean and they'll also be able to give you an action plan like what ideally with somebody with this particular mutation what is recommended for them to do in in their future healthcare then you can take that information to your doctor and say, "Hey, doc, listen, I have this mutation. What can we do to help catch this issue, you know, early or help minimize or completely eliminate this risk that I have?" And you can sort of team up with your physician and and create a healthcare plan that again catches this problem early, which obviously offers the the, the best opportunity for you to to sort of beat beat this problem. It's just an incredible, incredible tool to to kind of identify these problems before they become full full problems.
1: You have any idea how many people could benefit from clinical genetic testing?
0: (laughs) Yeah, a lot. And the estimates that I hear are pretty astounding, but let's talk specifically about just cancer for a second, because it's the number two killer in the country. And of course, it's it's just one of those nasty, nasty diseases. So let's just talk about cancer. So studies are showing that one in eight people with cancer have a genetic mutation that essentially increases their risk or potentially has caused their, their cancer. And that number is far greater than we initially um, anticipated. So one in eight people with cancer have those genetic links then the more staggering statistic is in the United States, almost one in two people will get cancer at some point in their lifetime. Insane number. So when you fuse those two numbers together and nearly half the population is at risk for cancer, and then one in eight of half the population has genetic links to that cancer, you're talking about tens of millions of people, you know, just under 20 million people with the current population right now. It's not 10 people and it's not 5 billion people, but it's millions and millions of lives that could be changed or saved with a simple genetic test.
1: So why don't insurance companies cover clinical genetic testing more widely if it could prevent disease for millions and save them money in the long-term care of patients?
0: That is one of the most powerful questions that my team and I really were asking Um, in the beginning when, again, when we were sort of digging into this space. It makes perfect sense to assume that an insurer would want to fund a test that would lower their spend over the long-term care of the patient. But here's the crazy thing we found. You and I care and are going to care about our healthcare and our, our wellness for the rest of our lives, for decades and decades, hopefully. Our insurer we'll only care about our healthcare and wellness for as long as we are paying them to care about our health and wellness. And ironically, in the United States, the average insurer retains a paying member or a paying client for only about three years. So the timeline in which you and I are valuable to the insurer is super, super short. And so every single healthcare decision that they make for us, when we are paying them in that short window, revolves around that timeline. And if the healthcare product or service is not going to necessarily be a good return on investment in that three-year period, they're not going to cover it. So when it comes to something that has a long-term ROI, like genetic testing, it's valuable over your, your lifetime because it's a risk assessment. It's not really a sound financial decision, believe it or not, for the insurer to cover a test like this because it doesn't really yield a lot of return in that three years. And if you're at risk for developing cancer in 10, 15 years, it's Not really their problem because it's not likely that they're going to have you as a paying member in 10, 15 years. Unfortunately, it's very, very beneficial for you to get this test because you're going to care about your life in 10 or 15 years. But it just doesn't make sense for the insurer. And that's really why uh, genetic testing isn't universally covered by insurance companies. It's not a good investment for them.
1: Is this something I can get from my doctor?
0: Traditionally, clinical genetic testing is something you can get from your doctor. But again the 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 things that we discovered are that doctors are actually not widely prescribing genetic testing and it's not because they don't know it's valuable it's simply because they know that insurers are not going to cover it nine times out of ten and they really struggle to keep up with the ever-changing landscape of genetics and genetic testing they're just not motivated to order genetic testing for people and so if you walk up to your doctor today and say, hey, doc, I want a test. Nine times out of 10, they're gonna say, you don't really need it. You don't have a really lengthy family history of problems. You don't have a personal history of problems. And they're probably gonna just, you know, sort of poo-poo the idea. And that's again, partly why very few people are getting genetic testing. Even if your doctor does order the test for you, and, and a lot of doctors might order the test for you, you're gonna have to battle your insurance company and then you're gonna have to pay out of pocket thousands of dollars for for this test in some cases. Um, In some cases, you might be able to get a kind of abridged tiny test for a couple hundred dollars, which is great, but again, missing a ton of information, not comprehensive. So, it's just the landscape for healthcare right now is just totally not conducive to making this test widely accessible to people.
1: You mentioned whole exome sequencing. Is that the standard type of clinical test used today?
0: I wish it was. It's not. Whole exome sequencing is one of the most comprehensive, just second to whole genome sequencing. And whole exome sequencing literally reads and sequences every single known human gene. So it misses nothing. But the standard of care today, when people are able to get genetic testing, is something called a panel test, a panel genetic test. And it's essentially a cherry-picked list of genes, maybe two genes, maybe 100 genes. And those genes are the only genes in your exome or genome that are looked at. The problem with that is, again, you're missing what you're not looking at. And science changes constantly. And so if you get a test today, in five years, three years, you might have to get another test because the panels are going to change. The genes are going to change. Um, your genes are not going to change, but the, the genes of interest in the panels change. We have decided as a company to promote what is best for people. And what is best for people is comprehensive genetic testing. It's more cost-effective over the patient's lifetime, and it's more comprehensive information. We are trying to make it the standard of care, although it's not the standard of care today in genetics.
1: What's the average cost of comprehensive testing like WES today?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, whole exome sequencing today at a reputable laboratory is quite expensive. I just received the latest average pricing yesterday. It literally just fell on my desk yesterday. It's about nine thousand five hundred dollars at a reputable lab. We are totally changing that because, frankly, ten thousand dollars for a comprehensive test that could save your life really is just unfair. We collaborate with genetic laboratories and specialized physicians and genetic counselors who have the same mission we do, which is to make this test more accessible to to more people. We bring all of those particular services, the genetic counseling, the labs, the at-home tests that the labs offer, and physician guidance direct to consumer for $1,000 or a little under with certain promotions and and discounts. Although $1,000 might not be totally accessible by everyone, it's substantially cheaper than the average, which is nearly $10,000 today. Um, and we are chipping away at that cost slowly as well um, with better business practices. Um, and hopefully, we'll, we'll make it even more affordable for people in the years to come.
1: So, how accurate is this stuff?
0: It's pretty accurate, actually, with a reputable laboratory that really knows what they're doing, that's using, you know, state of the art machinery and offering next gen sequencing you're talking about really high specificity and sensitivity, like 99.9% on both. So the false positives and the false negatives are really, really minimal. They happen. It's not that they don't happen, but they're so, so rare. And these labs also implement redundant technologies that sort of try to catch these errors as well. So by the time the final results are out, the errors are just so, so minimized.
1: How about data privacy? It's it's a major concern in healthcare, especially now in genetics. What processes are put in place to safeguard someone's genetic data?
0: Yeah, good question. Big topic of conversation. Realistically speaking, there aren't that many policies and regulations that govern a healthcare data privacy outside of HIPAA, which we all know requires the de-identification of healthcare data when it's shuttled back and forth between healthcare stakeholders. And then there's another law called GINA, which is specific to genetics and genetic testing. And it basically prevents health insurers from discriminating against you for your particular genetic makeup. And aside from those two things, there's not much that companies and laboratories and doctors kind of have to abide by. A lot of companies do a good job of really keeping data protected as far as keeping it away from hackers. Um, but there's no really fail-safe way to do that. Um, and then when it comes to you know data sharing and, and data privacy, that's really dependent on the corporate policy. It really just depends on what the corporation believes is the right thing to do. Um, most companies want to make money off of data, and they do de-identify it, but then they sell it, they share it, and you have no idea what they're doing with it, especially when you authorize your signature on that consent form, that lengthy consent form that nobody reads. And so my best advice is to really understand the data policy of the company that you're working with. Um, For us specifically, my team and I believe that your data is your data, um, not our data. And so we don't share, sell do anything with data unless you authorize it and you're aware of it. Not a lot of companies do that, again, because you can monetize the data, but that's just not part of our philosophy as a company.
1: So we can learn a lot from genetic testing. What can't people learn from it?
0: Genetic testing is only as advanced as our scientific knowledge of genetics. And right now, we have barely scratched the surface of our understanding of genetics. We actually know a lot less than we don't know. But the areas that we do know, we know pretty well. And those areas are in the areas of monogenic changes that cause disease. So what that basically means is we kind of understand what happens when there is a small variation in one gene. Like BRCA, for example, something that we've probably all heard of, which is the breast cancer gene. That is a gene that sometimes some people have mutations or changes in that gene. And that simple change directly increases an individual's risk for breast cancer. And we understand BRCA and many other, other monogenic uh, changes pretty well. What we don't really understand yet are the more complex diseases that are caused by changes in multiple genes. That The dynamics of those multiple gene changes are still being studied and and understood. And those types of diseases are complex diseases like diabetes, like most cardiovascular diseases, many cancers, autoimmune disorders. All of those diseases likely carry some sort of genetic uh, influence factors, but we just don't fully understand them very well. We're going to get there. And with more testing and more data availability, we'll get there. But right now, our area of expertise is in those single gene changes that increase risks for cancer and some heart disease and um, some neurological disorders
1: as well. The last one for you. Are there any major risks to getting a genetic test besides what you might find out?
0: When you consider any medical test, there's three real risks to to kind of think about. There's the physical risk to the patient. There's the uh, technical risk of the the test itself. what, What are the error rates? And then there's a psychological and emotional risk to consider. Of all three risks, I think the most important risk or the most perhaps heavy risk, I guess, is the psychological and emotional piece. Sometimes more information is not beneficial for someone. Sometimes some people would actually rather not know. And knowing might cause more anxiety, more stress, and might cause more harm than good to the patient. And some patients, some people, are feel empowered with more information, and they want to know, and they they sort of want to do everything they can to, to get ahead of these problems. Um, and it really just depends on the individual. So genetic testing um, can certainly help a lot of people, but Not everyone is a great candidate for genetic testing. It really just depends on the temperament of of the patient and their willingness to know and and what they feel they can do with that particular information. The other two risks, the the physical risk is almost non-existent because modern labs today don't even require blood. It's just a spit sample or a cheek swab. So physical risk to the patient is almost non-existent and then the error uh the technical risk is the error rate again we discussed that earlier it's quite low not not non-existent but really really low so of all three risks i would say that the emotional uh, psychological risk of genetic testing is perhaps the one to think about
1: dahlia this is just fascinating stuff oh and dahlia has a offer for our audience what is that dahlia
0: yeah, absolutely. So, as a token of thank you for having me and, and for uh, your audience for listening, we'd love to offer a little discount for anyone that's interested in getting this test for themselves. Um, if you use Advisorpedia 10 at checkout on our site, you'll save $100. Um, and just a little quick side note, Panacea actually saved my life and my sister's lives. We got our test and uh, learned that we have a genetic mutation that makes us more at risk for ovarian cancer. And now we're actually getting ahead of it with our, uh, our physicians and, and our healthcare plan. So this really does save lives and it could save your life or a loved one.
1: That's fantastic. Thanks so much for joining us.
0: Thank you. Thank you for having me. It was, an, it was a pleasure.
1: To learn more about Panacea, please visit seekpanacea.com. Please follow us for timely updates on X, LinkedIn, and Facebook, all at Advisorpedia. For everyone at Advisorpedia, our producer, Julia Smolin, our engineer, Tori Miller, and the Power Your Vice podcast team, this is Doug Heikenen.